0: This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love, or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate, and I wanted to do today's episode on the connection between stress and your pelvic floor. I've talked about each issue separately in different podcasts and we've got over 50 episodes of podcasts. So there's a lot to wade through, but I specifically wanted to link those two things together because I see that issue show up a ton with patients and I thought it deserved some of its own time. So the different things that affect how we react in our body to stress can tie directly into how we hold our pelvic floor. So, if you just jumping right into it, if you think of how you get when you are stressed or have too much on your plate, those kind of things, we tend to tuck our tailbone under and hold it in our pelvis. So, um, clenching our glutes when a animal gets scared it will sometimes tuck its literal tail under i know when my dog gets scared he tucks his tail under i know that it's when he's feeling stressed or unsafe and humans do the same thing it's just that we lack a tail but that tailbone acts the same way and you can totally tuck it under we end up clenching our glutes and it creates a snowball effect of how it affects our posture, our biomechanics and our pelvic floor. So I did an episode on mom butts and how when we are stressed and we're clenching our our glutes it does not make them stronger unfortunately. It starves them of blood, it keeps them tight and locked down too much, then they get atrophied and then um we're not able to get full and good contraction of them. So, we, we know that from past podcasts. So, we get this stressed, unsafe feeling. We tuck the tailbone under, we clench the glutes, we um, have atrophy of the glutes, then we get this mom butt thing happening. Um, the other thing that happens that is talking to the pelvic floor is that when we tuck our tailbone under, we scoop the sacrum or coccyx or tailbone, whatever you want to call it, under. We bring the bones that we sit on, our sit bones or our, what they really are, our ischial tuberosities, but we bring those bones that we sit on that you can feel when you're on a hard chair. We bring, draw them together. We tuck under, we squeeze those together, we scoop the tailbone under, and it shortens those points of the pelvic floor. So our pelvis is a circle. It's a ring. And we have an inlet in the top where like, a baby comes into and an outlet where the baby comes out of. The pelvic floor is that um, floor to the outlet. So when the inlet at the top widens, the outlet closes. So they have to reciprocate back and forth. So when we get that Closing the pelvic floor by drawing the four points together. So the four points are the bones you sit on, your tailbone and your pubic bone. When those squish together, you get the shortened pelvic floor. The other component with that over-clenching of the glutes, shortening of the pelvic floor, uh, atrophy of the glutes is the... um, disengagement of the lower abdominal. So we, a lot of times after or during pregnancy, we lose that connection to the lower abdominals, or if you have a C-section, it cuts through that lower area, we're very turned off, very disconnected with our lower abdominals. And because that of that, our body loves to compensate. It's going to try to find a way to write that to make you be able to move through space and do the things that you need to do. So we start start with the glute clenching process and then in turn leads us down that slippery pathway of shortening of our pelvic floor. So it's all kind of woven together and why it seems probably so common with women postpartum because of that chain of events. The other thing with shortening the um, pelvic floor and the glute clenching and everything being um, tight and shortened, not necessarily strong, but shortened, is um, we will also not, it doesn't have to show up as incontinence. So we always think leakage, incontinence, and while that's true, that can often um, be the main symptom that's not true for everyone. And it can show up in other ways. Um, With myself, that was really never my issue. But I definitely had that pelvic floor issues for me showed up as a very severe hip issue. And um, not only, you know, it doesn't have to be hips, it doesn't just have to be incontinence, it can be pain with sex, pain with inserting tampons, it can be um, constipation, it can be hemorrhoids, it can be um, those those things. So it doesn't just have to be the pelvic floor near the vaginal opening, it can be the pelvic floor near the anal opening. You know, it's all interwoven together and um, learning how to fully relax the pelvic floor is going to make things like hemorrhoids and constipation much more easy to deal with. And it it seems like it should be so easy. You can easily relax your bicep. You can easily relax your quads. But the pelvic floor is tricky because it is tied into things like stress and trauma and all that kind of thing. When you think of, even if you just have tearing that is minor, that is a a form of trauma that maybe you are, think of the first time you had to go to the bathroom after having a baby if you had tearing. It's probably super frightening and like, oh my gosh, either I don't want the burning sensation or I cannot imagine pooping after this. This is never going to be the going to be the same or just the fear associated with just going to the bathroom. Um, And then long-term effects, if you've got incontinence or leakage and you can't pinpoint it to what is causing it, or you never know exactly what is going to cause a leak? So let's say you know one day it is running for you, one day it's sneezing, another day it is just opening up the doorknob because there's different types of incontinence, and we've done uh, episodes in the past on this. But you could have stress incontinence, uh, and that is more the muscular issues, and then you kind of urge incontinence, or you can just have a mixture of both. So if you never know exactly what's going to be your trigger to a leak or that kind of thing, then you are constantly going to be on edge as to when is this going to happen? Am I going to be in a really embarrassing situation? Am I going to be at work? Am I going to be in a public setting for my kids? Anything like that. That is very Stressful, high, high stress. You're going to probably, even if you don't realize you're doing it, you're going to be clenching and holding as tight as possible all the time to prevent that from happening. And that is not how your pelvic floor is meant to work. And you trying to hold it and gripping your glutes and gripping your adductors and clenching, clenching, clenching all the time with with that fear that you're going to have a a leak of some sort is going to leave you with your pelvic floor shortened and irritated, and it's, it's actually going to make it worse. And it's probably unfathomable to you to totally and utterly relax the pelvic floor because you just feel so fearful over having a leak happen. And that is completely understandable. And that's what makes it so difficult to get that full relaxation and full elongation of your pelvic floor. So that's why we always start with breathing because to get a full, the easiest way to get really elongated musculature of your pelvic floor is to use your breath because the diaphragm is that dome-shaped muscle that um, is attached to the border of your ribs and your spine, and it should mirror your pelvic floor. So as you inhale, ideally the diaphragm pushes down, widens out the ribcage in a 360 degree pattern, pushes your abdominal contents down to the little bowl of your pelvic floor muscles. And then if you relax, it accepts the pressure and you can open that up and get that full length and full stretch on the pelvic floor, which you are in desperate need of if you are worried, fearful, and clenching all the time every time you think that you're in a scenario that you really don't want to have a leak. So it's so very important to not just practice your breathing and the elongation and relaxation of that pelvic floor once a day or twice a day, but doing it in the morning Doing it in the car, doing it you know, sprinkled in throughout the day because your pelvic floor muscles are just like muscles elsewhere in your body. They need new, fresh patterns to that embed that muscle memory into your brain. So just like when I tell people with their rehab exercises in any other form. It is so much better to do a teeny tiny bit sprinkled throughout your day or daily to create a good muscle memory pattern rather than doing it once a week for two hours. And, you know, thinking I get the same time all bundled up together this one day. It is not the same. You need consistency and little reminders for your brain to create that new pattern. um, And allow yourself to relax that area and let it elongate because you cannot have a full contraction of any muscle unless you get the full length happening. So the same thing, like when I did a YouTube video a few weeks ago on a way to do hip thrusts where you get a nice elongation of your glute max, your butt muscle. We wanted to stretch it as far as we could to get that full, nice engagement of the glute. Same thing with your pelvic floor. You have to be able to lengthen it before you can have a nice, good contraction. Um, and when you're when you're trying to learn how to do that breathing, I go into a lot more depth with it in classes, but um, we, a lot of people have... Because of our stressed environment and too much on our plate, too much um, screen time from our jobs or our hobbies, or uh, seated being seated all the time, there's just so many reasons. But we often tend to get this paradoxical breathing pattern, and the first line of defense is learning how to breathe in that 360 degree expansion of your rib cage again and bring that normalized pattern of breathing back to your body to help um, be able to even begin to lengthen your pelvic floor. Um, And there's all other sorts of benefits. We've talked a lot about breathing on here before as well. And that helps with your stress, too, because we learn to um, get that full 360 expansion, and it helps stimulate our vagus nerves, And then that helps with our stress level, on a physiologic level, it helps with our stress level. So even if I, you know, I am not um, anti-medicine or anything like that, I like to find as many alternatives as I can, but I think it's a great addition. Like if you're, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, any of those things, even if you choose to go a medicated route, which is sometimes so very necessary, um, I think it's imperative that you add in these kind of things as well. And those issues I often see hand-in-hand with pelvic floor issues because it, it can be a very isolating experience, a very stressful experience, and... They, they often come in tandem. And if you don't address the whole picture, I feel like it's not going to resolve as quickly as it could. Um, the, the other thing with breath, with learning how to breathe well, again, is learning how to not cinch all the pressure down towards your pelvic floor on the exhale think of knitting the abs and the, and the core musculature together up like you're zipping a jacket up towards your um, throat rather than cinching the pressure down towards the pelvic floor because you think about just how pressure works and where you want it to go we want it to come away from the pelvic floor um, but that is my correlation. So a little bit between the stress connection and the pelvic floor. I see it time and time again connected. I just had a brand new patient recently that just reinforced it for me that um, they are often tied together and it can be decades and decades in the making. It doesn't even have, have to have anything to do With being um, postpartum, it can happen without ever having a kid. And it is something that we need to really validate and treat and honor the fact that our bodies respond physically to our stressors and present in a very tangible, physical, real way. So if you have any questions for me, let me know. And I know that um, for myself, I've really been trying to get back into uh, Vedic meditation practice that my good friend Dr. Lisa introduced me to. And I think it's beneficial for everybody. And the more I work with people hands-on in my office the more i realized the need that the big one of the biggest stumbling blocks not just with color floor but with any physical issue is that we have to get someone in the state the non-stressed state that they're able to heal their themselves in the best way possible because they are so intimately tied together let me know if you have any questions I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.